June 24, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
Watt for Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. Uh, Brother Matt at the Love Grotto. Pleasure Point, a couple miles south from here because we're still in quarantino mode. But due to those uh, <laughs> Estonian software engineers with their great Skype invention, I am not man alone here in my pad. <laughs> I got Brother Paige Hamilton here. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You, you, you're in SoCal, right? What part? I, I, I am. I'm up in Glendale. Glendale. Wow. Nails. Yeah. Glendale told me the hombres there are pretty tough because they got not a lot of crime, so they just cruise looking for trouble to make. <laughs> I love it. I just got here. I just moved here in March. I'd been renting for a while from a buddy, and um, and I just just moved up here in March during the pandemic, and it's it's great, man. It's yeah. Great I mixed my uh, first opera there. Oh, a, a big Armenia community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of my half of my my neighbors speak Armenian. Right. I can't word the last name I A N. Uh yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think oldest Christian church and stuff. Uh but uh yeah, people just don't know it's military. east east part of the valley or it's its own valley in a kind of way. Yeah, I I look out and I can see a mountain on the left and the right and I guess that's Burbank over there and um some east of Burbank. And, yeah, uh, and right around there's a trippy place where I start playing a pad called Sun Valley. Oh. In the hidden hills. And stuff, and it's where we lost Tony nineteen from the Dills. I saw him at a hospice right before. It was oh, a heartbreaker, man. man. Yeah, Dills had big effect on us, and he was just big inspiration. Wow. But uh, look, let's tell people we started off with uh, John Coltrane live in Stockholm, nineteen sixty one, with Eric Dolphy on the <laughs> clarinet with him doing impressions, and then you with a project called Main Title and something called Chicago Cab. So you don't want to enlighten us to anything about that tune? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the sorry, sorry. I, I, I didn't was waiting to hear some music. I forget you're. We're oh, gonna do that. We already um, heard it. Now I'm now I'm yeah, telling yeah. the listeners. Okay, uh, I got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um. Yeah. I was. Um. It, I was on the road, and I can't even remember who approached me, but they asked me to score this movie, and I said I'd love to. So I was basically we're on the road, and at the time, uh, using one of those uh, cassette four track machines to record. So I was just taking my, my evenings and, you know, mornings and days off and working. And then I'd fly fly over to New York and record some tracks and fly over to L.A. for, you know, and record some tracks. And it was really, it was fun. It was super lo-fi. I had a Farfisa organ that my um, wife at the time owned and a harmonica, which I don't really play. So I kind of taught myself to to riff on it. And um, then I got my friend Wharton Tears, who is a great Wharton. producer engineer back in new york um absolutely where... i got to uh record with bob quine and he was oh, not, oh his cool I met, quine. I met quine in at the mojo guitar shop many many years ago everybody told oh. me he's going to tear your head off what he ended up being the nicest <laughs> guy in the world we did visions of johanna freeze oh, cool he's a great dude yeah he was really really nice he would have he would kept cocktails and be hanging out in mojo and just you know be, be funny but wharton is a as you know a great Great drummer as right, well. Right. Oh, He's got an ensemble, so, right? Yeah, Wharton Tears Ensemble. So Wharton did strap the helmet album, strap it on, and then he recorded the Meantime album. And uh, so I said, hey, you know, can you lay some drums down on this um, movie thing I did? Because I had a drum machine going. So he just, he, he, he that, that groove is Wharton. Wow. And, uh, you know, everything Bob else Klein told me the first uh, dude he saw play electric guitar? Buddy Holly. 19, oh, my God. Oh, 1957. <laughs> Right, the year wow. I was born, and Ken Ohio. He's also the dude who recorded all 23 Velvet Underground Cleveland gigs. Oh, what? Quine? 
I shit thee not, brother Pete. Wow, holy shit, man! Yeah, that's Look, funny. I've been I've been on this Whalen kick lately, and uh, you know, the, like watching. I don't know. So we have all this downtime, so I'm watching interviews and listening to music of various people. And he's, you know, when he was 20 years old and playing with Buddy, um, you know, obviously we know he gave up his seat or whatever. But yeah, God, that's amazing. He's wow. He quiet. had a big influence of influence on D Boone. In fact, that. Stratty's got on the back of the Voidoid album. D. Boone went and got one just like it because he was... No way, really? Yeah. And then, you know, uh, they cover a Creedence song. In fact, it's the only fucking Creedence song that Tom wrote, the older brother. Yeah. And I asked Richard Hell about that, and he said that was Bob's idea. Oh, wow. And then I got to record it. Ivan, the other guitar man, he had a a studio with Dougie uh, by uh, Max Fish. Dougie Bowen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Small world, right? Wow, God, Can we go crazy. back yeah. with you musically? What is your earliest musical recollection, brother Page? Oh, my would be would be Carsick, um, being Carsick in the back of Mom and Dad's station wagon, you know, and the, they Dad put on the AM radio and an America song called "Horse with No Name" came on, and I and it cured me from Carsickness. It's when I first realized I kind of went inside and started picking the music apart in my brain down the winding Oregon roads from uh, Portland to Medford where I was, you know, my brother and I born in Portland and we, you know, ended up in Medford, Southern Oregon. But yeah, that's, I, it's funny. I've, I've had all these years to think about this stuff and I started, that's kind of when I started getting in, inside the music more and I had, didn't play in that playing for another probably seven years. I was 10 at the time and I started late, but yeah, that, that song. And I, Medford, I, like, I finally got to play in Medford. Where'd you play? God, what was it called? Howie's? The Honky Tonk. Some kind huh. of place with Honky Tonk in the name. Oh, I mean, this, my. This I is only a couple place. years ago. It's I downtown. A, I, it's downtown. Yep, I know it. I know it well. I did a, I did a rock camp with kids there for the Brit Festival, and we had our, uh, we had our uh, concert there, the Honky Tonk. The, it's upstairs, right? That's right. I remember this yeah. dude comes into the promoter. Cool. It, was, it was an outside promoter guy, and he said, look, I told you, Friday and Saturdays is country. <laughs> and then he starts having me a rap with about music and uh, interesting yeah. guy. It, it had <laughs> it, it, it had it had kind of a silly name though, like Honky Tonk. What what the heck was it? It's, I don't think it's there anymore. But this that's was funny. January seven, uh, two thousand seventeen. No, February two thousand seventeen. Oh wow! Wow! So wow! Maybe yeah, it's we, had we, several we, lives. Maybe it's had incarnations. Yeah, Helmets uh, played there twice now, and and it took us you know twenty five you know, years to get, uh, to get there. But we played this place called Howie's, um, Howie's on front it was really, it's really fun. Well, in the pad where you grew up, was there musical instruments? Uh, no, I had a neighbor who had an electric guitar and I, who was a rich kid. I, and I picked it up and he had a, a, a bunch of toys on the ground. So I picked up a plastic airplane and I started strumming it and I couldn't put it down. And, uh, he's strumming he, uh, the airplane. So, yeah, the little plastic airplane using the wing as a pick, and I was oh, like, Man. "Oh, I see, I see." And I was just, I, lo- I was just fascinated by it. And my first guitar hero was this guy named Curtis Bosworth, who was a local guitar hero. And I he had a band called um, Domino Theory Spook, and then he had another band called what the hell? Well, Bosworth Brothers, him and his two brothers. And uh, I thought, man, that guy's amazing. And I just got fascinated by it. But we had mom and dad had music on all the time. Um, you know, they were into Ella and George Shearing and Dixieland stuff and then stuff like Brothers 4, Puff the Magic Dragon. And then my dad's a big country guy because he likes the, as he said, he liked the words. So um, I heard all that music and it just kind of soaked it up. But um, What was the I first, didn't... 
What was the first record you bought for yourself? First record I bought was that America album. Um, you know what the was horse. the first thing I thought of when I heard that America song? Because mm. you know what they were. They were uh, uh, kids of U.S. soldiers. Army, army, yeah, army kids, yeah. In England. But when yeah. I heard it, first thing I thought was, hearing a little Neil Young here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, Def definitely, definitely, yeah. And I think he's That's from Winnipeg. What about school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Um, I was. I, I did. I did the choir thing when I was in grade school, and I didn't like it at all. Because um, we were doing like nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina, and I just you know <laughs> like wearing like blue bow ties, and I just I was like, man, this is this is stupid. Um, and then um, then by high school, when I got my first guitar, um, I was a huge a huge Zep. I loved Zep Sabbath. You know all those amazing bands that were. You know, kind of new at the time. And the <laughs> well, what was the first gig you went to? First gig I saw was Jethro Tull, um, and that was in would have been I was sixteen in seventy six uh, at MacArthur Court in Eugene, Oregon, and uh, it was pretty mind blowing. You know, my um, first gig. No, no, it was with D Boone, and it was T Rex at the Long Beach Auditorium. Oh man, How you know what? You Everybody says that. <laughs> Oh my God! Every that's time amazing. I tell people that, they always say that. How how old were you guys? Like 14, 12, 13, 14, 14? Yeah. God, oh my! How did God? How did D Boone get so good so young, man? Like it's, it's like it's amazing. It's like, you guys have started young. I I didn't start till I was seventeen. So and um, it was because of this Bosworth guy. Bosworth guy, yeah, this Kurt, Curtis Bosworth, and um, and and then Jimmy, then I saw uh, Jimmy Page on that. I was watched the Led Zeppelin movie. I used to smoke a lot of weed, you know, lousy weed back then. Oh it yeah, was, no buds. Yeah, no buds. It was you know four finger four finger, finger ten dollar bags, you know, and I grew pot plants on my parents' roof, and and um, you know would go shoot 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 hoops, and Dad's like, you keep getting on the roof. I'm like, yeah, I can't make that reverse layup, Dad, but I had to water the plants and. Uh, um, the good thing was just, you didn't have to smoke a lot to get a headache. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was fucking lame. I tried to tell that's where the word merch comes from. And not merch, but merch is $100 really? a pound. Look, I want to play uh, King of the Moon here. Oh, cool. <laughs>
go, golden boys. You've got your toys.
Diary. Show me some of that there. Nature shit. I like to drink some of the elderflower wine. I'd like to swim in the brook.
good old days. I, I saw that that era. I saw Rush when I was that same age. Well, I did too. I, I fell asleep. It was the twenty one, uh, the opera. Well, yeah, twenty one twelve. It's funny because yeah. I saw him thirty years later. This lady wanted to see him. Her boyfriend liked him or something when she was a kid, and I fell asleep at that one too. Book oh, no thirty way. years apart. Yeah, Pinchy went. That's okay, hilarious. Uh, let's tell the listeners what we just heard. That was King on the Moon, uh, Malumbo yeah. and Paige Hamilton, uh, some of his early uh, explorations with the, the pros and cons. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Ruffensmeer, uh, we also know him as Pat Smear from the Germs. With his, uh, yes. Here's a, one of the last songs he wrote with Darby called Golden Boys. Darby wrote the words. Uh, this trippy uh, SST solo record he made. A lot, people got to check it out. Paul Rossler really helped. And then Paul's sister... Uh, Kay, because uh, she calls herself Kay Salida in this manifestation. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. And uh, Damon Smith uh, with his uh, solo stand-up bass album, uh, tune word with no back to it. Maya from up in the city, Papa Magic Goat. Hi-Fi Club out of France, brand new with Cavela. Uh, Bilge Pump out of Leeds in England, Fireworks, Schizo Fuel. He's going to be on Saturday. He's out of Amarillo. Amarillo, hombre. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then finally, Helmet with Welcome to Algiers. Paul Boswell and Mr. Burroughs and all that. Uh, so, okay, what about the thing, uh, Paige, about like after school with the basement band or the garage band or the bedroom band? Did you do that stuff? Didn't happen till till I was in college because okay. I, I got my guitar when I was 17 and, I, and my parents said, you're going to college. And um so dad uh, uh, was split in college with me until I got put on academic probation and then got um, threatened to get kicked out of the dorms because all I did wanted to do was drink. And uh, that, then I, I, I got my guitar and I, and I got this um, teacher at the university uh, named Gary Hagberg. Who, and I said, I really want to be a musician. I don't want to be a pre-med. Um, and and he, um, he's, you know, he said, if you want to do it bad enough, you can do it. So I just started practicing 12 hours a day and and uh, put my my you know my nose to the grindstone, um, and then I formed a band called the other guitar player wanted to call it Twist and the Ups, and we basically we did we would do like my tunes would be kind of these free free jazz rock jams, and our drummer would stand on his throne and read from the Communist Manifesto, and then we'd do like the a Clash song, and uh, what else did we do? I think we did a Police song. We played a couple frat parties or whatever, and and uh, so this was like a dor- was- it was a dorm band. Dorm band, yeah, can exactly. I, can I tell yeah. you about another dorm band that had a huge effect on the Minuteman? Yeah, urinals. Yeah, oh, I know, I've, I've read, I've read that. UCLA well, dorm, they were film students. Really? I wouldn't shit you. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys, they didn't even know, right? They picked straws. Who was going to play what? Oh no way! Yeah, because they, you know, they. This is what this was really excited us about the movement, man. You would meet people like this. They didn't copy off records. They just let's start a fucking band. And in yeah. fact, they the amp they got, they saw it had two inputs. So we don't need to buy another amp. The guitar and the ba- they pulled in the same fuck. And that record Vetus produced that surfing with the Shaw, the drums paper hit. Man, this one cost. Like, no money, because it had paper heads. It was a little kid drum. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so so you didn't really start composing. You, you did like me and D. Boone. You learned off records. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I loved Almond Brothers, and I would I'd try to figure, pick a song out, you know, and, and just put the record down. And um, 
fumble through. And then um, I had a, I wanted to learn Stairway to Heaven. And my teacher, my, you know, I had two guitar lessons and he wouldn't teach it to me. <laughs> he, he said it was too hard, so I fired him. And uh, got another guy and this guy was like, do you like jazz music? And I was like, that's what my mom and dad listened to. So I, um, once I heard um, George Benson, I was like, how do you play the guitar like that? And I kind of went, had two directions going at once. So I had started, I through Benson, I discovered Miles. Through Miles, I discovered everyone that plays on Kind of Blue, um, you know, Bill Evans, Cannonball, uh, Mr. PC, and, yeah. you know, our hero, John Coltrane, yeah. uh, Wynton, you know, um, Wynton Kelly, and uh, Philly Joe. And, and, and uh, in the book, where Miles read Garland, I hated that motherfucker. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah, too busy. Too busy. Oh, yeah, God, like, I he's love like him. A, a mod, uh, Jamal. I saw I saw Ahmad Jamal probably 1985 or something like that. Yeah, but Miles could have got him in the band. Why didn't he get him in the band? <laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think you know what Red I'm talking was, about, right? This Quincy Troop book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my, uh, Red was uh, was his thing. Did he do smack or was it drinking? I forget what. It, I don't know. But Miles like puts him down all the time. He says he was too man, busy and cluttered shit up. His playing, oh come on! His playing on Soul Train. Oh yeah, uh, you know, I, Russian Russian look, Miles lullaby. says more crazy shit in that book than you can even believe. You know. I know. I can't. Yeah, I saw. I watched the Miles doc too. All this downtime, and I got my friend's uh, Netflix account because I don't have a television, but I watched it on my laptop. And uh, I, yeah, I love Miles obviously, but got some of the stuff that I just you know I knew he had to, did smack and had the coke thing, but it, you know him like Francis, his beautiful wife, and you know, kind of the violence. I. You know, it's it was. Oh yeah, but the other lady too, the actress uh, Cicely Tyson. Cicely Cicely Tyson. Yeah, I, yeah. I hit her when she pulled the weave or something. <laughs> There's some yeah. quotes in that thing that are so crazy. Yeah, I know he was. Miles but I think it's good up. to read it. You know, it's a good one. Is the Charlie Mingus beneath the underdog? There's a lot of bullshit in that one, probably too. But there's something about it. You know, they're musically written kind of intense. I got. I haven't read that one. The, I love the um, bird is. Kind of my all-time, you know. I mean, Bird changed everything for everyone. Obviously, when Train was talking about him and Benny Golson going to see Bird, and they were like, "We, what the hell?" And uh, that that just that book called Bird. Um, you know where uh, Redondo Beach is, right? Yeah, my brother used to live in Laguna for a minute. Yeah, that's Orange uh, County. That's way south. But you know, oh, Redondo's oh, okay. by about Hermosa. It's it's about sixty miles from Pedro on the west side. But okay. that's where. After uh, Charlie Parker, they put him in Camarillo for swallowing that yes. iodine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. John Coltrane was on tour, and he got to jam with Bird in this pad in Redondo oh. Beach. And wow. there was a club That's... that you'll see some old Miles records from. It's called The Lighthouse, and that was in Hermosa yeah, Beach. Yeah, yeah, and De yeah. And Dezo's daddy from Black Flag, Yeah, he used to book it. No way. Oh, my God. Holy shit, man. God, man. Ain't that a trip? That's a such a trip. So, I have a, so you a, got a, a really friend. into jazz. So you're asking uh, this teacher guy to show what what town is this? Is this Eugene? What what, what town did you go? I, to? Yeah, it was Eugene. You were yeah, ducks. I, I, okay. I went up there. I got in my Volkswagen. Uh, you know what guitar uh, player lives there now? Zoot, no, Zoot Horn Rolo. Huh? From Captain Beefheart. Yeah, Bill. What? Harkalode. Yeah, and oh. he'll give you lessons via Skype. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's why I tore. I saw. I got turned on to Beefheart from 
from Zappa, who I saw in 1980, and, and Eugene, uh, and, and you know, like Trout, Mask Rep, Replica, and all that stuff, yeah. you know, Clear Spot and Spotlight Kid, all that stuff. Yeah. It's great, great music, man. Yeah. Wow. Well, That's cool. He lives in Eugene. Interesting. Wow. I recommend a book on Cat Beefheart, Mike Barnes, the second edition. I mean, you, he goes through all, you know, he did music for 17 years. He made 12 records. You could go through the recording of each tune and on YouTube.com, hear the song, and read about it. Wow, cool. Mike I, Barnes. I recommend that. Yeah, Mike Barnes, the second edition, because he gets to talk to Art Tripp, the other drummer, Ed Marimba. Yeah. And also, they found that Berman guy. They thought that was a just a made-up dude. He actually wrote words for the captain on the first few records. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. Ain't that a trip? But, yeah, uh, yeah uh, Beer Harkalode. They, they were really young. So you know the captain, Frank, was from the desert, right? Well, there was yeah, a, yeah. there was a, another wave, younger guys, and that's where John French and his friends, Mark Boston, which was uh, Rocket Morton, and Bear Huckalo, Zudhorn Rolo. By the, by the, the captain wants all young people, you know. Yeah. Kind of, he don't want the guys from the, the group he grew up with. So he, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, easier <laughs> to mold. Uh, <laughs> you know, Tom Watson played for Mayo Thompson, the Red Crayola, and he, the Mayo yeah. once said uh, that the captain told him, you know, sometimes you, to run a band, you got to be like Hitler. <laughs> and that's where, and it made total sense, because in this book, Ry Cooter says, yeah, I was getting a little brown shirt. <laughs> oh, We're God. at the end of the first hour. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> 224, 2020. Special guest page, Hamilton. Hold tight for hour two. June 24, 2020. It's the second hour of the lot for Pedro show.
How many times before have I crossed that ugly bridge into depression, lethargy, and anger, only to find myself lost, too tired to get out of the maze, wondering why I was sick, waiting forever for an answer, which is a final combination of drugs that release me from my symptoms and put me on a path to productivity. But in a lifelong state of anxiety, I still feel echoes of anger. I am fighting off bad thoughts, trying to do the right thing. I can be a better human being. It's easy to do the right thing, to live right, eat good, and laugh, to love and care and have a purpose, to really care about life. Now I have a work order day. I live a life in service. My medicine, my life, my organization all keep me fairly safe in remission. But I still hear the terrible call of a distant anarchic rage. It's just easier to ignore now. Just pick myself up and I get 
killed tonight, yeah I thought of quitting, baby But my heart just won't buy it If I did a thing, it was worth One more try I'm gonna roll myself up In a big And uh, Elliot's responsible for kind of getting me into this, this uh, you know, I don't know, taking the noise and feedback that I like to do, you know, for guitar solos and helmet and turning it into something that works in this in these films. And, and uh, I learned so much from him. You and know, he was I like, found out a lot of dudes, stuff, like the last drummer for Cat Beefheart, we were talking off air, people about Cat yeah, Beefheart. Yeah. And he, Cliff Martinez, right? He, he never... Yeah, got to play a gig, but he did Ice Cream for Crow. But he got into this movie thing. He does huge with soundtracks now. Yeah, it's 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 fun. I met Ricky Murata, who played with Steely Dan, one of my heroes. When I did that movie Heat with Elliot, I think I might have put a song on there from that movie. Uh, and it was amazing. Here's this guy I grew up, you know, listening to, and he was just so open to my weird shit. Like, and, and really, another guy that I loved. Uh, a, a bass player we did this movie called Across the Universe, T-Bone Walk, you might, you might know. Uh, he was on SN, the SNL band. He played with Hall & Oates for years. And when I was a limo driver in New York, and I drove him home after S Saturday Night Live one night, and, and um, he was he's like, what are you working on? And, and um, he said, oh, I'm doing this Elvis Costello album. Uh, oh, I can't remember the, 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 the album off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. And so I gave him a helmet cassette tape. Um, and then years later, ended up working with him on this movie, and like these these great, I don't know, great cats. Just like they're they were they were open, you know, to open to our stuff, you know, a different kind of thing. Even though they're you know playing more straight ahead pop. You music. know, I found that that happened around the '90s. That, well, because you know, in the early days of the movement, man, you even used the p word, and people are like, "Fuck you, man!" Especially rock and <laughs> rollers. Know. Rock and rollers really hated it more than yeah, Square yeah. Johns. <laughs> I should tell the people what we heard. We heard a uh, angry hero, Patrick, uh, Chris, inherit the viper. Oh yeah, cool. That, that's, that's what you put for credits there, Paige. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Patrick, Chris is a composer friend of mine. I do about I do about three movies a year with him as a, a just guitar guy, um, and that was this movie with um, uh, Josh Hartnett. That was a, it was a Swedish director guy. The kind of uh, so I love working with Patrick because he. Um, if I'm not doing it, we did these kissing booth movies, which are pretty mainstream and I'm just playing like, you know, pop guitar stuff. But the, the inherit the Viper was a one that let me kind of explore and, um, do some stuff with pedals and everything. So that was really, really fun, fun, fun track. It's really great working with him. Yeah. Then we heard uh, Igan and the Stooges, uh, Tokyo, 2004, little electric chair, Dex Ron Weber from the, uh, flat duo jets. Great guitar man, trouble yeah. in the world. Yeah, one of the first guys to yeah make a band without a bass player. That poor lonely naked kick drum, you know, broke my. <laughs> I think his name was Crow, right? That drummer, wild guy, and Dan Hoof <laughs> with a brand new album, Future Teenage Cave Artist. Uh, Greg Sarnier living here now in SoCal. Uh, Dietrich and Barnes, a guitar man, one of the guitar from uh, Dear Hoof with the thing with Tim Barnes. Uh, Thela, yeah. Thela lands on Comet 67P, Turing off Menko, 
<laughs> That's a title, man. Then Joe Brewer <laughs> with the distant rage. Oh, Joe Brewer, his cousin, Jack Brewer, Sacratress uh, oh, singer. Yeah. And Joe Biza, the guitar man, he didn't start guitar till he was 27, Paige. What? And you know, oh. you know, uh, Vincent didn't paint till his last 10 years. So you're never too late, you know, just because you weren't yeah, like yeah. a teenager or a Mozart child nope. prodigy. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I tell people that all the time. I yeah. just, I've been doing these uh, Q and A's with the school of rock kids and they have an adult program. And this guy was 60 years old and he said, I just started. Is it too late? And I said, it's never too late. You yeah. can, you know, you play music if you love it. And it's, you know, it's always going to provide something, you know, for you. It's inspiration and get Absolutely. you through the days. Expression. Never too yeah, and then never finally, too. we had That's Life from Bono, Good Thief. Yeah, that was a movie I did with the Elliot, this guy, Neil Jordan, the director, who did Interview with a Vampire. And I did, I got to work on two of his movies. And uh, we were, they said, oh, we're going to get, the, uh, you know, the guy from U2 in. And I'm like, that's cool. So I did, um, oh, you probably know, okay, know the great, yeah. uh, the great um, uh, bass, bass man, uh, um, Rufus Reed. Oh. Uh, He's he's playing the upright on that. Yeah, I got to see yeah, him with respect. see him with Kenny Burrell in a little duo in New York at the Village Gate. I saw many, Kenny many. Burrell here in Pedro. Oh, he's and Deso's yeah. daddy booked it at the Hyatt. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, phenomenal, right? Yeah, he Duke, had his own like K guitar back in the old days. Yeah, I mean, Duke, Duke's big favorite headstock, guitar. big fancy yeah. headstock. Yeah, well, he. Well, I, I him and play this. What's Uber Zone? Uber Zones and uh, was an Orange County kind of drum and bass band that I, I uh, uh, what are those? Not not Chemical Brothers. What's that band that said they were influenced by them? Uh, big 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 band Chemical something. Uh, man, they're they're big. Uh, anyway, he's a kind of a drum and bass guy. And I met him through a friend, and he said we should do something together. So we uh, so we wrote this song. I was just in a hotel room in Fullerton. I was still living in New York at the time. And um, just wrote this wrote this song and brought it in, and we he did all that stuff that weird those sounds that starter guitar sounds. We were running them through those Moog pedals. He's a ge genius with manipulation, like the kind of Brian Eno taking Moog stuff and and processing the guitars. So it was, uh, it was really it fun. Fr Friptronics. Fript exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's listen.
true story of my life. Take it to the barrel house. This is some of that good old whorehouse piano. That's another Lou Reed song. I'm sure he There goes really that lust it. line again. Yeah. Called the story of my life. Well, that's the story of my life. Well, that's the difference between wrong and right. But you know, Billy, he said that both those words are dead. So that's the story of my life. Well, that's the story of my life. You know, that's a difference between wrong and right. But Billy said that both those words are dead. And that's the story of my life. Take me down to the barrel house now. between wrong and right But Billy said that both those words are dead And that's the story of my life
Watt for Pedro show. Watt for Pedro show. You heard the beginning of that chunk of music. Uber Zone with frequency. That's Paige singing and playing guitar. Uh, Barry Burko band from Tel Aviv after that with House Stag, Magnet Hearts. That's Jonathan Hall's new proj. SoCal with Transcend. Uh, Midnight Minds. The Alpha Cassette. Do the locomotion. Not the locomotion you're thinking of, though. Peter Lochner after that, old time Cleveland. That's the story of my life. Tom Herman with uh, Tripod Jimmy. Tom told me, uh, Lenny, the the bass man, Tripod Jimmy, uh, heart trouble, so everybody pulling for him. This little pill, little foot from Paul Motion, and finally, Elliot Goldenthal, SWAT. Uh, Don't shoot me, baby. I guess like, yeah, when I say the second name like that, it's like the movie that uh, Brother Page did the music for. And, uh, I mean, he'd be here to talk, tell you about it, but it's a fucking pilot air shit. I uh, spaced in, in missing <laughs> a little chunk of his conversation. So sorry. Oh, yeah. June 24, 2020, edition of Peter Show. Special guest, Paige Hamilton. Hold tight for our three. Yeah, we did. We got to do. Oh, you're talking uh, about like the Shakespeare Miranda Shakespeare play? Yeah, Elliot's wife is a, a, a great a filmmaker named Julie Taymor, and she did. We did a couple of Shakespeare. She did Titus, the Titus movie, and uh, uh, Shakespeare the play. And this is the last one. I mean, Tempest. they did right. Yeah, there's a whole debate yeah. on there. But well, let's listen. Sorry, sorry. June June 24, 2020. It's the third hour of the lot from Pedro show. Without a care, 
darling, what a discovery. Loving for land is loving for sea. Baby, how you brainwash me.
Live from Pedro Show, start off the third hour with, uh, well, you could hear Paige talking about it. Uh, this was some music for The Tempest, which was kind of about the new world and Lava Dogs uh, uh, with the Elliot Goldenthal. Yeah, we did a uh, we did a concert in in a, they had a new nice concert hall there in Krakow, Poland, a couple of years ago, where they were all doing all um, Shakespeare music, music related to Shakespeare plays that were made in movies and stuff. And they so, so they wrote they took the guitar stuff I did, transcribed it, and wrote a, wrote suites, which was interesting because when you're improvising something, you know, and then you see some weird like. You know, quarter note triplet tied over to a half note triplet on a page. I'm like, what the hell is this? And they're like, that's what you played. So I had to, I had to try to figure out what I played on on this score. But it was a, it was really really fun, and we got to play in this beautiful concert hall, not unlike the Disney Hall. It's one of those acoustically magical places. And uh, did it have the, ex- they have the exploding French fry organ pipes? <laughs> no, it didn't, didn't have. <laughs> I, didn't have that. No, I think that's Frank Geary, right? He did the aquarium here in Peter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Geary. Frank Geary. It's beautiful. I, I, that's one of my regular kind of concert stops. Is the is the uh, the Disney Hall? I love our I love our orchestra. Very, yeah, they, he's got a great. Uh, God, he's amazing. In Bilbao yeah. with that uh, Guggenheim. Yeah, it's like three uh, three boats like colliding. <laughs> yeah, I know it's incredible. Yeah. And we had uh, wasted space doing Dottie Crane with Tooth Walks Alone, Living More, Walk Alone, working on a building from Atlantis Aquarius, Paul Jacobs set and son, and finally Dream Baby from Elliot, another Elliot Goldenthal, Elizabeth Fraser in Dreams. Yeah, that was a fun, um, a fun thing. Whenever I did these tracks with the people, most of them I didn't sit in the room with, but uh, except for the Bono one, we sat in the room together. But uh, the Elizabeth Fraser, I loved her. I loved her voice, and so I thought that was. I, I don't know if the movie was great, but I thought Elliot wrote some amazing music for that, and um, so it's, they're always encouraging me to kind of get these messed up guitar sounds. It's like the helmet thing is more sort of thick there's more low end and these you know drop tune things and uh, so it's you know they like you know they like stuff to be i don't know kind of noisy and messy which was cool so did, did you ever see uh like black sabbath during those first four or five records no i never saw them live sadly i saw maybe three four times the last one was killing yourself no it's called bloody sabbath sabbath bloody sabbath I played sabbath yeah and yeah it was at the California Jam. Uh, oh, I, I, I've seen live footage. And they from opened that. up with "Killing Yourself to Live." Yeah. Oh my God. And to Incredible. me, you know, I, I, I like all, all four. Master Reality could have been recorded better, but man, such great songs. Into the Void. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting credit. And phenomenal. you know, Those I albums. found out Geezer wrote the words. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I've been going. I've been going back to those albums since this pandemic hit. Like, and just I don't know why you go through these phases. And I just it, it's they sound better than they ever did to me. The, it's just the music's so incredible. And Bill Ward, phenomenal. Bill Ward, uh, you know, uh, Paranoid eight track. Right, half the tracks are drums. Yeah, oh, it's incredible, man. It's so good, it's so good. Ozzy, we helmet uh, for we did that Jerky Boys movie a million years ago, and um, Ozzy said you guys should do War Pigs, and I'm like. You know, I was I just you know nodded and smiled because everybody's covered that song. So we did uh, "Symptom of the Universe" off of uh, Sa- uh, "Sabotage." Oh and it was yeah, fun. yeah. We've been doing it doing it on the Helmet 30th anniversary is, tour. Is he in the uh, sky or is that technically? See, they got into the synthesizers, and I guess uh, 
The boss, yeah, the boss was uh, actually the guitar man. Every time I saw them, Ozzy stood on the side. Oh, really? I wouldn't shit you, Paige. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, he'd be, and he clapped during the fucking guitar solos. He was like a cheerleader. Yeah, it's much, it much different than the Ozzy band. That's amazing. Yeah, man. I know, I know. And Geezer, and, uh, Geezer would... One time he had like see through like a belly dancer outfit and just going crazy and Bill Bond had a big <laughs> cock shell behind us. That's amazing. I heard they I, I heard one tour they took um, LSDs thirty days in a row or something crazy. Like how the, how the hell could they perform, man? My brain. I know Volume been... Four was done at Malibu and that was all cho cho and shit. And, oh wow! But, but that's when they bring in the keyboards, but still good record, just good fucking. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. That song, yeah, Supernaut, they... man, with that bass lick. Oh, man. Yeah, a, I know, man. Talk it's about incredible. a glitch. You want a yeah. glitch? That's a glitch. I want to play here, uh, Oh, Mistress Mine. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, Mistress Mine, where are you roaming? Oh, stay.
shower praying for dead children I hope they go away so I can live It's not that I wouldn't love them It's just I'll always be Too young to
We're all watched over by the electric ether. Mapping out all of them tombstones. Crushed spirits kill time. Yeah, that's all they do when they're not shaking in their bones. Are you shaking in your bones? Is you playing with your phone? Are you searching the whole wide world over, baby? For a spot that your soul mm, can feel at home. Even when you're
Watch for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. Uh, a couple of Shakespeare things again. Uh, oh, Mistress Mine. Uh, Elliot Goldenthal, Reeve Carney, the uh, singer man. From The Tempest. Then Armadillo Man, some brand new out of uh, Shanghai. They're low-eye guys, uh, foreigners, but uh, they've been living there years and they came to Pedro and I produced a record. Uh, oh. A heat, something you did for uh, Bobby De Niro's in this movie, right? Yeah, De Niro and Pacino. Yeah, yeah uh, that, was a, Golden that was the Thal, first Kronos, and this is with the Kronos uh, Quartet people. Yeah, that was the first um, movie I did with Elliot. They um, it turns out a guy Tim Carr who was had tried to get Helmet over to Warner Brothers was working on a soundtrack, and Elliot asked about the Glenn Branca stuff, and Tim's like, "I have this guy that played with Glenn," and so he brought me in. He said, "Can you get a couple guitar players together and put together a little ensemble?" And he called it he called us the Deaf Elk Orchestra because we were all, you know, to, very loud and, and tall. <laughs> and uh, that's that's my publishing company now, Deaf Elk Orchestra. But he, um, yeah, it was, some of it was like, improvised, and some of it Elliot would have stuff written out. We we play. That's where I uh, met Ricky Murata because um, he and I did a. We were kind of jamming on a track for the helicopter scene, which I think they ended up using a different song for. But it's really really fun. It really kind of opened my opened my eyes to a lot of the possibilities because Elliot would always talk about have the guitars so orchestral, and uh, it's the distorted electric guitar works with strings so beautifully, you know. And uh, yeah, it's a trip. Yeah. yeah, you can tell the fuzz guitar has roots in saxophone if you ask me uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, then, no we heard question. out of a, 
Knoxville, oh man, fuck you. That's uh, Steve Gigante who was in Deer Hoof for a little while. In the shower praying for dead children. And finally, Prosperous Coda from the Tempest. Uh, L.A. Goldenthal, Beth Gibbons. Yeah, that's, that's you, uh, from um, Portishead. This right, is right. Another really cool, cool voice that we got uh, to uh, kind Bristol, of... Bristol, the town uh, the pop group's from. Uh, uh, she's from Bristol? I, th- I think that band Portishead is... Uh, oh, cool. And also Port- the artist uh, Bank- Banksy, right? That's, that's right. And Tricky. And, we had, and Tricky. Yeah, we had a, we had, God, we had a nice, nice time there. Met some people. We wanted to find a little out-of-the-way... Uh, place to eat some English food, and, our, and uh, it was you know my drummer was very advanced and had an iPhone at the time, and uh, and uh, Yelp or something like that. So we found this little restaurant, and the people at the probably restaurant had like five tables in it, and the people were so kind and nice, and we had put them all on the guest list. And they gave us a tour of Bristol, so we saw a lot of cool artwork, obviously Banksy paintings. That's a great great town, man. Yeah, really he saved a boxing club by just putting a painting on the hatch because it was worth so much money. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Where can people That's, find you on the internet? We got um, uh, helmetmusic.com, and then there's a pagehamiltonmusic.com is a, my website that's kind of a mess, but it's there. And, that's um, great, but it's yours. It's your fanzine. There's no middleman, no filter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what that's do you got planned next? What 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 are you working right on now? Right now, just just got to, uh, or just about finishing up with this movie that was filmed in Hong Kong called Painted Beauty. I, I did a, a score, and we're getting some uh, string quartet stuff on there now. Um, and um, I just got commissioned to write a piece for the Christian Brothers High School in Memphis, Tennessee, the oldest high school band in the country, 150 years old. So I'm going to write. That's a brass and woodwind piece, and then. Uh, we're um, I'm gonna actually start on a helmet record because we uh, we have a bunch of seven inches. We wanted to do a tour where we kind of play some music from our heroes, including Gang of Four and Wire and Killing Joke and those bands that um, it, you know had a big influence you on know us. That record stuff. called Killing Joke, right? Yeah, it's so good. We done. We've done. I saw that tour. They played the whiskey, and it was uh, such. You know these bands like phenomenal. Tool and stuff, right? They all. That's the sound. Yeah, incredible. Absolutely oh, incredible. Man. And they were all really distinct personalities. One guy looked exactly like Sid Vicious. Yeah, God, I'm phenomenal. Right? Yeah, I, I didn't, and it I sounded didn't... so good. One guy looked rockabilly, but I mean, the sound was just incredible. I know, One yeah. One guy had I know. pain on his face. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah, I love them. I love and I know them. they we went did... into a bunch of incarnations, but I, I, I will always remember it. And like every song, the title was what you sang eight times in the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> Look, when you get this helmet done, helmet album done, will you come out on the show and we can talk about it? Because we didn't really love get to get into helmet a, that much. Because I wanted people great. to go through your uh, journey of music. But I would like yeah, to yeah. focus. So when this rec comes out, you come back on what, Pedro's show? I would love to, Mike. Thanks. Okay. Beautiful. It's been such yeah. an honor, man. You've been a guitar hero for me for a long You know the politics oh. of bass, right? We look good making you guys look good. <laughs> <laughs> People, it's been June 24, 2020. Just watch Pedro's show. Keep your powder dry. Yeah.